0: Computer, initialize HollowSuite.
1: Holosuite Media.
0: future holds. Happy New Year, listeners. Welcome to What the Future Holds, your hollow sweet media Star Trek Discovery podcast, which you probably already knew or else you wouldn't be here. <laughs>
1: so. Yeah, how'd you find us?
0: <laughs> yeah, how'd you find us, If you didn't right? know any of that information. Yep. Uh, I am Brandy Jackola, one of the hosts. As we are recording on New Year's Eve happy new year to everyone by the time that you hear this though it will be next year so i hope everyone had a good new year and of course with me as always my good friend christopher d littlefield chris how have you been
2: hey everyone i've been really good i am coming to you live from my new apartment so i'm very happy about that and excited about that first podcast in the new place
0: Christening the new place. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Yep. Excellent. I'm so happy for you. It looks like a very happy place to me. It is a
2: happy place. It feels really good. Yeah, I'm, I'm loving it.
0: Excellent. I love it. And of course, my husband Dave is with us as well, as always. Darling, how you been?
1: I've been okay. I guess I'm also podcasting from my happy place because <laughs> I'm talking about discovery <laughs> with my friends.
0: Oh. <laughs> Oh, that's so tender. Yeah. I can't think
2: of a better way it's to spend be. New Year's Eve.
3: I know.
0: Right? Than talking about Is Star
2: you... Trek with y'all. I
1: don't go out for New Year's.
0: Neither do ever. I. Me neither. No. I think there was one time I went out way back before I knew you, Dave Darling, uh-huh. and it was not fun for me. no. Because I am an introvert, and I don't drink as a general rule. Well, I've had alcohol from time to time, but I don't get drunk (laughs) at all.
2: I'm an introvert, too, but I used to go out all the time, and I don't drink anymore. So,
0: Yeah, it just sucks all the life out of me, and I feel like, why do I let all the life sucked out of me for New Year's? Mm -hmm. I don't want to start the New Year being a husk of the person I was Being a hot mess.
2: Oh, I spent yeah, so many New Year's mess. Eves a hot mess. Oh, my yep. God. Yeah.
1: I would stay at home, play with my new toys while watching marathons of the HBO comedy specials.
0: And I usually was at home playing with my new toys. And we didn't have cable when I was a kid. So it was usually whatever was on network TV, mm-hmm. which wasn't a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: rocking New Year's Eve or something.
0: Yeah, my parents usually watched that, but that didn't come on until like ten. Yeah. So but anyway.
2: the uh Anderson Cooper and Andy uh thing just started. I watched a few minutes of it. I saw Patty LaBelle, which was amazing. Mm-hmm. And I saw nice. Sherry O'Terry doing Barbara Walters, which was Oh, she's so good. So at that. good. I know. What a good gig, man.
0: <sighs> nice. New Year's Eve, come on Very for five nice.
2: minutes playing. Bah, 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 bah. Yeah. If you're old school SNL, you'll get that. Oh, yes.
0: Oh. I'm older school SNL than that. Yeah,
2: <laughs> just by a few years. <laughs> not ready for primetime players original cast. Yep. Yep. SNL. George Carlin was the uh no. Was he the first host? I can't
3: I remember. remember. I'd
2: have to look back. Not yet, but not yet really ready host. for t- primetime players, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jane Curtin, Bill Murray, John Belushi, Dan Aykroyd. So strange story. I, the other day on my birthday, I decided to watch on Peacock, that an episode of SNL came out the day I was born on the oh, 17th wow. of December, 1977. So I watched it and it was so weird.
0: It was like <laughs> so weird. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of weirdness going on.
2: And so, like, you could tell they were high. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, yeah. Yeah. And they made no school. apologies for it. Like, they were just like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, we're. <laughs> yeah, Jane Curtin, or not Jane oh, Curtin. Oh, um, yes. Jane and Gilda. No, uh,
1: What's her first name? Newman. Lorraine. Lorraine mm-hmm. Newman.
2: Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, she
1: was struggling with drugs and anorexia. Yeah,
0: I think everybody was struggling with drugs. I feel like yeah, Jane Curtin SNL was at that time.
2: Jane Curtin always seemed to really have her shit together.
0: Yeah, to me. Jane yeah. Curtin
2: was always put together. Yeah. Bill Murray too, in a way.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, he wasn't actually a cast member. No
1: yeah, that was later, wasn't it? Wasn't
0: it? Because there was a point
1: he was one of the few remaining men, and they had him in like every sketch, and he was so overworked.
0: Mm. Yeah, I I can understand how that would happen.
1: And Gilda Radner, of course. Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, Gilda. The sheer Gilda
1: genius.
2: Gilda.
0: I loved it when it was Weekend Update with Dan Aykroyd and Jane Curtin. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. See, Jane, I and love Jane Curtin. I really, really I love too. her.
0: I have already, I, I always loved her. What was it that Dan used to say? Jane, you ignorant slut. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I did point counterpoint.
0: Yes! yes. <laughs> Whenever they do, Bag of Glass. I uh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> got bag of glass. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh the interview goodness. with the uh the Halloween costumes from the really
2: dodgy uh Yeah, and then the dangerous Christmas toys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the invisible <laughs> yep. man. And it's mm-hmm. just a <laughs> bit of black clothing. <laughs> oh, that is a blast from the past. Yep
0: well the bassomatic yeah the I bass-o-matic. that one well mm-hmm. mm, that's delicious I remember bass. <laughs> man
2: bra <laughs> that was later but man bra uh,
0: I don't remember man bra like <laughs> airy
1: mineral water <laughs> I don't remember that it was just sludge and it had like it nuts and bolts in it
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm literally feeling ill thinking about that one
1: I'm like kind of oh. tearing up. From oh. laughter, <laughs> <laughs> as we reminisce about uh, Saturday Night Live episodes old.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, this is actually a Discovery podcast. I don't yeah, know if is. you guys remember that. But you know what? <laughs> I'm talking to the listeners. So.
2: There was a lot of comments after the last episode and the listeners were like we really loved your tangents this week more than one person said it so i was like okay this is true. they're cool this they're is true. Th- some of them were here with us on this ride so and we can make yeah. connections because there are star trek sketches
1: yes. in saturday night live they've done several of yes. them yes
0: yes in fact patrick stewart hosted saturday night live yeah mm-hmm. so william shatner was,
2: got in um, trouble on <laughs> oh yeah when he was telling
0: get convention goers really? to get a life I'm sorry William Shatner yeah. got in trouble for being a dick right. is that it wow uh, that's
2: so out of character
0: it really really is it's really out of character <laughs> that was sarcasm folks
2: <laughs> in case you didn't know
0: <laughs> yeah in any case uh, yeah, Star Trek Discovery so episode 12 This was originally titled For the People, and that's actually how it came to us as a screener. That title was still on it, Uh, and yet that was not... And the same thing happened with last week's episode, which was originally titled The the Citadel. Citadel. And then when it actually dropped on Amazon... Excuse me, not Amazon, but Amazon is where we get our CBS All Access. When it dropped on CBS All Access... It was suddenly Sukal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I don't know what to think about the final title. I don't know yeah. if it's right now. I, mean, these are, I think it's probably not. It, it should be, be that
2: Hope is You Part 2. It should be it Star could. Trek
1: Does a Die Hard.
0: <laughs> Star Trek Does Die Hard is literally, I, I started using that hashtag on Twitter uh-huh. when I was talking about it with some people. Because that's basically what this episode is, is you, the movie Die Hard. Is it? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah.
1: There are several references if you're
2: a big S- Die Hard fan. There's so many parallels. I will say I've never mm-hmm. seen it. I know about the helicopter okay. thing.
0: Well, let me explain I know Die Hard in a nutshell.
2: Real Die Hard fans are like, it's a Christmas movie.
1: Um, right? It's It's time we stop saying that because it's a Christmas movie through cynicism. And we got this podcast talked about this and why a lot of Shane Black movies are Christmas movies is so they get aired during Christmas and they make more money. Oh, hell yeah. Mm -hmm. That's why Die Hard is a Christmas movie. It doesn't have (laughs) to be a Christmas movie. It does work into the plot, which kind of makes it cross over into Christmas movie because John McClane's going to the West Coast because of Christmas to visit his family. So, and they're having a Christmas party in Nakatomi Plaza, but really, that's all you need for the Christmas thing.
0: Yeah. So let me explain Die Hard to you, okay. Chris. Okay. So John McClane, as Dave said, uh, he and his wife are estranged. They're separated. And he's being a cop in New York and she's taking a job in LA and taking the kids with her. And so he goes to visit them at Christmas. He shows up at the office where they're having this party and, uh, his wife has this really nice office, like super nice, like her own private bathroom with a shower and stuff like that, because that's decadence is when your office has like a shower, (laughs) (laughs)
2: or just like you're working way too hard and too much. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's
0: that's usually what it represents is you're spending too much time at the office that you have to have a shower (laughs) in there. And so anyway, he's in that bathroom. He's had a very long flight. He doesn't like flying. And uh, so as he's there, a bunch of terrorists show up, Mm. take over the building and take the entire party hostage because they want something from... Whatever. Anyway, long story short, they don't know he's there and he manages to hide and escape into other parts of the building and starts taking out the bad guys one by one. At one point, he uh, well, he the the thing is, is that he had taken off his shoes and so he didn't have shoes or socks on when this attack happened and he had to run for it and sneak out. And there's a reason for that. People are like, why did he do that? Well, when he's on the plane and he's not having a good time, the guy who's sitting next to him is like, yeah, I used to be like this all the time. What you do when you get on the ground, when you get, you know, to a place where you're, where you're feeling safe, take off your shoes and socks and walk around on the carpet and just kind of clench the carpet with your toes, and he's like, what? He's like, no, really, it works. And so that's what he's doing in the bathroom <laughs> while this is being taken over by terrorists, yeah. which is the reason why he doesn't have shoes on. Anyway, long story short, he spends most of the movie trying to find a pair of shoes that fits and can't and actually is gets his feet cut up by shattered glass. Shoestas Finster. What? Yeah. Shoot the Shoot glass! the glass! I definitely recommend it because it's uh, it's Alan Rickman.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, and this it's is so where great. McBain came from from the Simpsons, right?
1: No, McBain no. is more Schwarzenegger.
2: Um, Schwarzenegger. Yeah.
3: Okay. Mm-hmm. Or was it Bain? But, no, McBain. Yeah. Yeah, it McBain. yeah, it's
0: McBain. So long story short, uh, he's injured and hurting, but he's a badass, and so he manages to get the police's attention finally and takes out, managed to to defeat the bad guys. I'm not going to explain everything, but uh, there were a lot of references. The lone man who's got one of their walkie talkies and listening in on what they're saying. And now they're finally figuring out that there's a rogue person out there and they're going after him and he keeps taking other people out. And the fact that Michael lost her boots Mm -hmm. and was also bleeding from the leg okay and, the and kick leaving a trail on of the blood. head
2: that's from a lot of stuff right the multiple kicks on the head to knock her off like uh, that was very was kind of that was actually star trek three first thing t- as well was it star trek three
0: yeah it's when the uh the enterprise has blown up the planet's ripping itself oh, apart the, the planet's ripping itself apart and christopher Plummer. no is, no that was oh, christopher lloyd dang it yeah um Christopher Plummer, Star Trek VI, right? And uh, Krug is hanging off of Kirk's leg, dangling over a cliff, and Kirk is like, "I have had enough yes. of you," and then kicks him yeah. in the face with each. Well, he killed his yeah. son,
2: so yeah,
1: to be fair. yeah.
0: Well, he yeah, Kr- Krug was a dick. Yeah, let's be honest. Um, but... Did this
2: happen also with Picard and the Borg Queen? Was there a kick? Then that no? no, I don't know why I'm imagining. I don't know what I'm thinking.
0: No, it wasn't that. It was she was trying to climb up out of the. Oh right. You know the toxic mist, and she was grabbing onto Picard's leg, and he was dangling from a hose, and she was dragging him down. And then Data comes up out of the right. mist and pulls her back down into it. That's right. That's so right. That, there was really no kicking there.
2: Okay. That was cool. Yes, this episode I am, was crazy. I am
0: your f- font of information. So yeah, it was very much like that. This whole thing where you know, they're listening on the walkie talkies and die hard. And they, th- they think they've taken out McLean and he gets on there and lets them know that he's not dead. They don't know that he's married to, you know, his wife. They think she's cause she's been using her maiden name. So when they find out who he is, they have no idea that she's connected to him and Anyway. Long story short, it was very similar in that regard, especially when, you know, she picks up the badge after everybody gets shot out the uh, fire suppression system.
2: <laughs> ah. Yep.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there's very much like that.
1: Several parallels, like getting injured early on. So she's limping mm-hmm. around because she gets stabbed in the leg while John McClain had his feet injured. Um, she's usually in the Jeffrey's tube while John McClain used the ventilation shaft.
3: Mm.
0: To move
1: about the ship,
0: move about the hotel, or not hotel, but the, the yeah, building, the sky Michael favor.
1: moving about the ship, John McClane moving about the the tower, the office building. Yeah,
0: which wasn't which wasn't completely finished. It was no. there have still areas under construction, yeah. so that makes it even more fun.
1: Yeah, like the top floors were uh, under construction.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm. So yeah, just a lot of similarities mm-hmm. of one person messing up everybody's plan.
1: Here's a weird bit of Die Hard trivia for you. (laughs)
0: Okay.
1: Is the first actor considered for Die Hard was a contractual thing, and it was Frank Sinatra.
0: I actually knew this.
1: I did not. Because he played the character John McClane in a made-for-TV, I believe, movie based on the book series in which Die Hard takes place. Mm. He's kind of more of a detective, and they way rewrote the script for Die Hard but they still contractually had to call Frank Sinatra first and he was of course too old to play the play the role of course
0: yeah that's that's how weird contracts in Hollywood used to be yeah. folks
1: now yeah. still are i think you're still have first consideration if you played the character before
2: generally. if it's in it your original on the contract, contract. Yeah, it, yeah. yeah 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 on the contract right a yeah. first refusal
1: yeah
0: yeah but that doesn't happen as often anymore yeah it just doesn't
2: they do that often in theater also like mm-hmm. if you do a you can get it negotiated into your contract sometimes and sometimes i'll say yes sometimes i'll say no but you know if you do a workshop version of a show ah, you know right. but if they don't if they don't want to keep you going on then there'll be a buyout so they'll have to pay somebody the money and be like okay we don't want to use you anymore here's some money then they cast somebody else you know or hire another musician or something right
0: yeah. Well that that actually makes sense. It seems like uh producers today would not want to tie their hands like that and so right. I don't think that that often happens these days.
2: It, yeah, it helps to have a little clout if you are the contracted.
0: Indeed. So yeah, um Die Hard, Disco does Die Hard. <laughs> I like
1: that. I have a weird question and it might be too early to say this, but is
0: Ren dead? Yeah, I Yeah. Let's he's just get dead. the
2: elephant out of the room, yeah.
0: He is dead, um, because I saw a post from Noah saying, you know, spoilers. <laughs> it first started with spoilers, and then he was talking about though his time on Discovery was brief, that he was so happy and honored that he got to play that role, etc. And you know, I I personally feel like he could be another Ken Mitchell. He could be brought back oh, for other yes, roles. Yes, yeah, definitely. I could
2: see that. Well, they this was the third time they've teased us twice now thinking he's going to mm-hmm. die and then then they did a fake out and then she and there was blue sparkles yep. yeah I yeah
3: couldn't they kind of faked it? that yeah. there's no way
1: cuz well, it was a hologram was right or something it, the the bolt would have gone right through unless it was a solid hologram which we know they have the technology for now because of the doctor well, i'm really sad I, about I, him
0: yeah i was i was just like no no i knew she not. was going to do no. it though
2: yeah
0: of course she was going to do it we all knew that
2: Because we had to see Aurelio has to see who she really is. Yep.
0: Yes. And I'm glad that he did. Yeah. Isn't it lovely to see Ken Mitchell not as a Klingon?
1: (laughs) Is it a little late to introduce this character? No. Late compared to what do you mean? Well, in the same episode, I mean, it seems like this character is quite important for what's going to take place during the finale and he's introduced in the episode before. Well,
2: there are episodes after the finale, so? too. Yeah.
1: So.
0: I was like, so what? <laughs> okay.
1: So it's like, well, here's this you know scientist character that is going to be important to the story, and we're going to introduce him now. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, how about Osira? Yeah. Was she introduced early in the season?
1: Kind of. They kept. Well, she was they, mentioned early. They mentioned the her off screen, and then. They showed her and then they developed her further on with each episode. So it's been kind of a slow burn and it building like, like an avalanche, you
0: know, like,
3: like yeah, but a snowball down that hill.
0: It was more than halfway through the season before we actually saw her. Yeah. And they never really made it clear that this was going to be the Big Bad. No. So. I mean, we've seen some baddies along the way. So to me, it's just like.
2: I just wanted to do a quick shout out to Kenneth Mitchell again, because remember they had Stephen Hawking on in the series finale Mm -hmm. of TNG, who also had ALS, which is what Kenneth Mitchell was diagnosed with. So I love that they had both of these actors in there. You know, Kenneth Mitchell got a very fancy futuristic upgrade. (laughs) But I think it's cool. Well, rightly so. Yeah, of course. Um, I I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I love seeing different uh, abilities represented yep. on screen too in Star Trek.
0: Yeah, and this idea that he shouldn't be there, you know, he says mm. he shouldn't be there, and oh, it yeah. was only because of Osira that he lived longer than he was supposed to. So he didn't. He's another believer. Yeah, but at the same time, that's it's that's like the point that Stamets made. Yeah, she may be more than. What she seems, but she's also exactly what she seems. Damn! What
1: a line! Yeah, what a line!
0: Stamets in this episode. My God!
2: Yeah. Yes. Can we just? Why? Why? What's going on with the Michael situation and him? And why is it? Why was that so drastic and so aggressive? the way that she was doing all that. Can you can you just, y'all, tell me your take on that? Because I'm struggling with that. No,
0: Stamets, no jumping. She had to get Stamets away from the ship and out of Osiris' grasp. Because if they don't have Stamets, they can't run the spore drive. Therefore, Discovery don't go nowhere, faster than any other ship.
2: Okay, so take him away. Osiris doesn't get what she wants. Mm-hmm. Right. And hopefully we can still... Buy enough time to get him back, and then go back to the nebula mm-hmm. to get our to get our friends.
0: Yeah, that's but, the whole thing. But she,
2: I mean, the exchanges between the two of them really stam It's the things that he said to her that's, I that I was like hurt, that hurt me. My so heart much. was, <laughs> my heart was ripping out. Yeah, Hugh followed you.
0: Yep, we followed Shit, you to the man. future so you wouldn't be alone. Yeah, well, I understand where that is coming from. And I honestly think had Hugh been on the ship, he wouldn't have reacted that way. No. It's only because of Hugh that he reacted that way. And when we are worried about our dearest loved one, we are not else rational. Matters. We are not rational. And I, yeah. I get okay. that. I get that. I understand why he lashed out like that. And I think Michael does too, but you can see how it wounded her.
2: She Vulcan nerve pinched him, Mm -hmm. just like she did with Giorgio. Like, I'm like, oh man, she's put into these situations.
0: Yeah, well, in (laughs) this case, it's not mutiny. So.
2: Right. I mean, I do think she was making the right decision. It was was. just. It was tough. Again, mm-hmm. it's one of those situations to where both perspectives are completely valid, and I understand them both, but it makes it harder yeah. to watch.
0: It is harder, and that's unfortunately what life is like. There's sometimes no good answer.
2: Thank you for going into that so early because that was my biggest, besides Wren, that was my biggest like, I need some help processing yes. this. <laughs> well, she
0: says exactly why she's doing it while she's doing it. And it makes sense because the only spore drive is on Discovery. The only person who can run the spore drive is Stamets. You separate those two things and no spore drive (laughs) worky.
2: No spore drive worky.
1: No
0: spore (laughs) drive worky. We may have a title.
2: We (laughs) may have a title.
1: We just might. (laughs) Seems like it's decided upon. And it's a tough scene to do dramatically because... Of the special effects part of it. Mm-hmm. Of the which were amazing. Movie, right? Which is great, but it could also be kind of silly that you're being put in this like, slug-like gelatin-looking bubble of air and then shot out into space.
0: But that you don't cool.
1: lose anything from the drama of that scene, oh. and you could so easily because it seems cartoonish if you think about it. But, yeah, it the drama me... plays.
2: Yeah, it reminded me of when... Georgiou, Mira Giorgio came to uh i guess they were on chronos when, when she had that special weapon that elevated uh who was it court no the dad up in the
1: oh, air yeah into a suffocation bubble thing yeah. yeah yeah did you like the episode did
2: y'all enjoy it
0: i did it was it was frustrating because you know our Things are still not solved. And I knew it was going to be this way even before we started episode 11. I knew that these three Mm -hmm. episodes were going to flow into each other and that we were going to have cliffhangers. I loved Osira negotiating with Vance. And (laughs) I loved Vance. I loved him. I mean, I've always loved him. I have never at any point believed that he was the one that... Because there's been some speculation on how did Osiris oh, get know. to the nebula so fast. Um, They actually say it in the episode. Were you not paying attention? She yeah. used a transwarp conduit which they don't right. lose, usually use because they're so dangerous which we see in this episode when book and michael are heading back to discovery
2: yeah everyone needs to slow their roll a little bit while they're watching this or put like, on, slow on the your roll. put on
0: the subtitles put on the subtitles yeah. you will see a lot more
2: i watched this episode with subtitles for my first watch which i haven't done before so i did know that it was andorian opera before stamets said that it was andorian opera, yes so. <laughs> so i caught so many more things that i wouldn't have seen yeah
0: it makes a huge difference and yeah. so i i just definitely recommend to people pay attention to the subtitles because you won't have these questions if you actually hear and see the dialogue so, yeah, they, they had been tracking the ship because they got their spore drive signature from when they were at Quijon and jumped away. And right. they traveled through a transwarp conduit. Rin didn't sell them out. Vance didn't sell them out. There isn't a spy in the Federation.
2: Right, right.
1: So, yeah,
0: yeah but I just,
1: yep. yeah. Because Yeah, the Discovery is the only ship that we know of to have a spore drive. And so its jump signature would be unique to that ship only. Yeah. So if you can track its jump signature. Well,
2: it's well, the only it ship so that would has. have a jump signature. Yeah. yeah so and once you find out that that exists, yeah, there's not many to look for. You yeah. Know?
0: No. Exactly. So I hope everyone is now satisfied on that front. But getting back to Vance and Osira, Yes. I love the look on his face when she actually comes aboard the station, Federation headquarters, and... He's just got this kind of inscrutable look on his face. Like I'm not giving you, I'm not giving anything away right now.
2: It's Janeway-esque. I'm telling you, it
0: really, really is. And just
2: every time I see him.
0: And how they have Eli in there because you know he's a lie detector. <laughs> Eli,
2: I know. When he when he said the name, I know I laughed. I laughed. <laughs> At the exact same time that Osiris did. Well, the, the, <laughs> I was like, that is hilarious. The
0: funny thing is, is that we knew his name already from many, many episodes ago. But oh, we yeah. forgot.
2: We did forget.
0: Well, yeah, we forgot. So, but yeah, I I loved the whole exchange between the two of them. It was, it took me a minute to figure out why Osiris was suddenly so interested in in joining with the Federation instead of destroying them. And then I remembered, oh, right, spore drive. Mm. Basically, she wants everybody to have a spore drive. I honestly hope and pray that never happens because imagine what that would do to the Mycelial Network.
2: I'm not a fan of that. Yeah. But there were some moments when I began to sympathize a little bit with Osira.
0: I never did. (laughs)
2: There were a couple moments, but then it just, all you know, it's just always she it was like what Stamets said, like there were moments when she did appear to be more than and but then mm-hmm. there were moments when she was exactly who she is, you know?
0: Yeah, well, I, I, I absolutely believe that she really does want this and I absolutely believe that she would have held up her end of the bargain and what she did not count on was Vance being smarter than she is. <laughs> when he says yeah mm-hmm. if uh, if we do this then the person who's representing the emerald chain has to be completely unconnected to you and also has to try you for your crimes
2: um hello is that relevant is that relevant at all to yeah. what we may be going through uh, in the united states shortly I hopefully mm-hmm. like oh my god mm-hmm. like so
0: bizarre right yes Just
2: so yes. bizarre another yet another yet another moment
0: <laughs> and he's he's being so seemingly earnest and i wonder if that has anything to do with eli being programmed only to read Osira, and not vance because he never at any point says that vance is lying or not lying that we see he's only doing that when it's Osira.
2: i was just gonna say real quick back on the parallel to you know hopefully the current occupant being tried for his crimes Mm -hmm. Um that instead of being orange, the person's green. <laughs> so
0: I know, funny. Anyway. Um anyway, sorry. No, it's okay. Did you
1: catch that this representative for her, because she knows she can't be the face of mm-hmm. it, is this well acclaimed scientist once she's groomed and that she lies about being a proxy for her. Mm-hmm. It's like, Oh, that was a glitch, ask me again.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: yeah i like that she when she came back on she just said you're a scientist like she just belittles him like that's not that important like Mm -hmm. she she's starting to show him how what she really thinks of him
0: yeah and uh it's it's her own poor judgment at letting him stay because she could have just had him escorted from the bridge and he's a
2: soft spot for her clearly
0: but not soft enough because we'll see well, I think if anything, he'll betray her. So totally, he will. He will yeah. realize that. Well,
2: that's why Ren had to die.
0: Yeah, and it still hurts me. It still hurts me because I just really liked Rin.
1: <laughs> uh, here's something I wanted to bring up: is the taking the bridge crew, putting them in the ready room, uh, the rest of them in the brig, right? Mm-hmm and none of them are to be harmed and this kind of reminds me of kind of the script immunity you give players like D and stuff like that
3: mm.
1: it's like they can't be harmed by the baddies but when the tables turn and they rebel they can do whatever they want to who's taken over the ship
0: Yeah, but that's the thing. It makes perfect sense as to why they are not to be harmed because it's part of her negotiation process. You don't win points by killing the hostages.
2: Oh, I agree with you. They're a bargaining chip. Because she has to make him think Yeah, she has to make him think that she's Yeah, and basically she she
0: sent she sent all of them back in shuttles, except for the bridge crew. So the bridge crew are the only ones left. So it's not necessarily script immunity as much as that's actually smart on her part Mm -hmm. because she's not going to kill everyone on the ship and then come in and say hi I want to be friends
2: yep right she's keep the A team you know
1: and that Vance even gets reports of some of her crew taking a spacewalk without any kind of Mm spacesuits that was brutal
2: that was that was a shattering experience
0: (laughs) well you know it uh, really broke me up. The dumb up. tish. It's cold-hearted. <laughs> oh wow. Okay.
1: <laughs> Even cold-blooded
2: one might say. I, I mean, I just froze.
0: <laughs> I'll wait till you're done. Any more?
3: Uh, not yet. But
0: <laughs> I, I
3: spaced out.
2: <laughs> I, I just feel like 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 they just really had a chip on their shoulder. No. Did that one Chip, work?
1: Chipped away like, chipped, like ice. Like yeah, chipped ice yeah. pick. Yeah.
2: Okay, I'm done.
0: Are Are we sure? Are you sure? Okay.
1: Yes. Because you know it's yes. the
0: rule of three. After the third one, it's not funny anymore.
1: <laughs> no, you keep doing it until it's funny.
0: <laughs> no, you you can't possibly do it long enough until it's funny again. So yeah.
2: <laughs> no, we would need to get Brittany Tomes from A Strange New Pod, who comes on open channel sometimes. Wow. She's a pun queen. Like she she'd keep going. Yeah.
0: No. Um, I lost my train of thought
2: the uh, so they were saying that the, the spacewalk
0: without yeah. an EV suit and that's when she uh, is starting to feel a little less comfortable about how things are going <laughs> Guess yeah. she shouldn't have left Zara in charge huh
2: speaking of can I just say that I was right yeah. after episode two when I said I think he's gonna yeah, come I, back I know he's gonna come back I didn't and say he wasn't he was.
0: I just said I hoped he didn't. Yeah, I didn't, you didn't want him to, you know. and now he can die in a horrible way that we'll get to see on screen.
2: Or he could also turn on Osira.
0: I don't think so. Mm. I don't think he will. You know,
2: you know, but you really got to give him a hand.
0: Mm. He yeah, because really his left one is really messed up now. <laughs> I do love a book calling him sweetheart, though. That made me super yeah. happy.
2: I thought he was going to hit him again after that. Instead, he laughed <laughs> he and pointed too. at him.
0: Okay, speaking yeah. of Zara and the regulators, is anybody worried about those people in the Daft Punk helmets that sound <laughs> like they're Borg?
2: Oh, uh, where did get a Borg yeah, vibe? I, yes, something's but, up, right?
0: Yeah, something's up there. It's just, I
2: don't know if they're androids or what's going on there.
0: Yeah. I, Sir. so
2: there was one particular shot with one of them that I was like, I feel like Jonathan Frakes is trying to hint at something with this mm-hmm. particular shot. Much like the, what you, what you desire is irrelevant or yeah. whatever, much what like that What
0: you want moment. is irrelevant. Yeah. Which actually is a line from Star Trek 6 as well, when uh, Spock and Kirk tease out our little traitor By saying that those crewmen are alive and ready to give statements. And she comes to sickbay to murder them. And instead it's Spock and Kirk.
3: Yes, uh, I
0: love that scene. And he tells her, you have to shoot. If you are logical, you have to shoot. And she says, I do not want to. And he says, what you want is irrelevant. What you've chosen is at hand.
2: So great their interplay mm-hmm. also in the teaser for sorry we'll go back but in the teaser for the next episode mm-hmm. the no-win situations i don't believe in no-win situations Kirk, type of situation Rathophan. hello i don't yep. believe in love, the no-win I scenario it.
0: Mm-hmm. yes yep i noticed all of those things and called them i out. just got
2: goosebumps i love it
0: yep see we don't get the the next time on with the screeners oh so, so you have to wait we have to wait until the actual episode drops
2: that's the price you pay. It's okay, ah, 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 but ah. but
0: back to these weird regulators. Yes, because um, there are regulators who don't have the helmets on, but the mm-hmm. ones that do and basically look like World War II era stormtroopers, sort of. Guys, Suzanne
2: Williams said so. They look like they're Daft Punk.
0: Yeah, I like said that the... too. Yeah, <laughs> yes. the Daft Punk helmets. Do you
1: think there's a possibility, because was it the Breen that looked like Princess yes. Leia from Return of the Jedi? Well, are they an updated version of that?
0: Well, see, that's I the thing. Nobody brain. knows what the Breen looked like because they're always yeah. in these suits. And right. that doesn't and that mean... And they talk
2: a computer kind of language? like And these do,
1: so too. They does... kind of have a, a digital kind of sound to them. I'm... But the Breen are like beeps
2: and boops, right?
1: Uh, yeah, well, the, thing,
0: the thing is... I know less about the Breen from the actual canon stuff than I do from the novels. And I haven't read a ton of the novels. But it's possible that there isn't even really a Breen race. That it is a conglomeration of a bunch of different races in all of those suits. Oh, We don't know because no one's ever seen a Breen out of their suit.
3: Right. So Mm.
0: I don't know. I don't know. I don't think they're Breen though.
2: Don't you think that they would... Like the fact that they're helmeted is purposeful. Like yes. do you do you yeah. think that something we're gonna figure out more?
0: I think that there's something up. I don't think they're normal. And I don't know why yet. They could be androids. I don't know. They could be yeah. syncs of some, be some kind. I don't know.
2: Involved in the temporal war. Yeah. Or temporal wars and stuff. Tried to and Osiris screwed things up or something and they're they're there to play along for a while. I don't know.
0: Yeah. All I know is that they're not normal regulators. They're
3: not normal They seem
1: manufactured and...
0: They seem robotic. Like
1: like
2: machine-like. Yeah. Robotic, yes. And uniform. They're all very similar. I'm still going to hold on to that what you want is a relevant Mm -hmm. clue. I'm going to hold on to that until they prove me wrong.
0: Yeah, I I feel like it could very well be Borg or former Borg. I don't know.
2: Yeah. Oh, XBs.
1: Yeah, XBs. XBs.
0: It could possibly be XBs. I just don't know
2: yet. And maybe they have to they had to go into hiding or something. That's why they're hiding their borgness, mm-hmm. you know, maybe. And maybe they still kind of have a hive mind, but only with each other? Ooh. And the emerald chain would kill for all those parts and stuff too. Oh
0: yeah.
2: Mm. Yeah. I just Let's don't know. do a Discovery writer's room.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're gonna have plenty of time for that once the yes! season's over.
2: I've never done a writer's room. Oh, they're so much fun. I oh, actually
0: wow. did one yesterday with Chris Hill for the expanse, the Star Trek Enterprise podcast. Oh,
2: another one. We,
0: yep, we wrote a season 5 episode and we had a hell of a good time. <laughs> I won't spoil it. It'll come out no, uh, no. later, of course, but uh we we had a really good time working that out. It was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. So, yeah, I adore writers rooms. They're you Like, no idea is too stupid to at least float. Because sometimes, even the ideas that's like, really? But then there's a glimmer of something that, that you're like, wait a minute. That's why all ideas are always on the table when you start a writer's room.
2: Nice.
0: It's fun. That'll be fun. It will be fun.
2: Can we, can we talk about Tilly? I mean,
3: Tilly. Yes.
0: Let's talk <laughs> Just... about Tilly the badass. Mm-hmm. Because Tilly... The way she looked at Zara when he was giving her shit, you know, about basically calling her incompetent and stuff like that. And she was just like.
1: (laughs) Took 12 whole minutes to take over your ship and crew. Might have been 10 under somebody less (laughs) competent.
0: Yeah. Again, (laughs) I don't think that it would have made any difference. Pike could have been in the captain's chair and that would have still happened Mm. because they had all of their ducks in a row and they had sheer numbers to insert in sheer numbers of people to put on the ship all at the same time. See, that's the thing. When you think about how they could take over a ship so quickly, you're like, oh, well, they should have fought back, this, that. They didn't have time. All of those people basically bamfed in at the same time. Right. there was Without, no fighting they had back. no
2: they had not they could have done nothing no. they could not have prepared or expected that to happen
0: nope so anyone who says they should have fought back I'm like <laughs> no no you save your strength and you prepare for a battle that you can actually win
2: and Tilly stepped up again of course you know, she's a badass she is in her she is in the zone.
0: And, and this is another thing I want to talk about is I have heard so many people say, well, she's not ready for this. She shouldn't have been promoted yep. to uh, yep. acting first officer, all this stuff. Okay, let me explain something to everybody. So come and sit Ooh, on here we go. Come and sit on Aunt Brandy's knee. <laughs> um, there are times where you think you are completely prepared for something until you're actually doing that thing. And then you realize that no amount of training in the world can prepare you for everything. I look at being in command of a starship kind of like becoming a parent for the first time. You can read all the books. You can take all the classes. You can prepare down to the last detail. But once you actually have birthed that baby, you are in a new world and you can have all of that knowledge and still not be ready the only way you're going to be ready is through the experience of doing it
2: yeah now sit on uncle chris's knee for a moment (laughs) because (laughs) there are also times where A situation is presented to you that you've never experienced before Mm -hmm. and you had no idea that it was coming or that you were going to be put into this situation and you're scared shitless and you have two choices, run away or fucking face it and do it. And sometimes you just face it and you do it even without feeling like you're ready for it. Mm -hmm. Either of those situations happen all the time. And you know what that's called? life
0: Uh uh-huh it's called gaining experience you are never going you're never going to be ready for command until you have command experience how do you get command experience by being put in command by doing this yes by
2: doing this we are we are literally seeing the experience happening so i don't get the complaints like we we are watching what happens When you are challenged to Mm -hmm. do better.
0: (laughs) Well, let's think about this. This is Tilly's first time, you know, at the con. She has the con. This is her first time as acting captain. Can you imagine the experience that she is getting from this? The things that she is learning and will be able to put to use later when she actually is a captain? She is learning so much the hard way.
2: And you know, you relate to this too, like as I mean, like I would say an awkward Uh redhead because hello, but like, like when you have like questionable social skills at a certain point in your life and it's like you have these nervous tendencies or anxieties, there is such a powerful moment when you are put into a situation knowing that you have those type of quote, you know handicaps or whatever and i don't mean that in a pejorative way but things that you feel get in the way Mm -hmm. of you living a normal life and then you discover how to channel that energy into staying focused and just going and doing it yeah you might be scared yeah you might make mistakes but you're gonna do it you're gonna get through it yeah you know
0: and that's the thing the only way to make a (laughs) new road is to walk it
2: Dave is like, you guys? I had hey, something to say like 10 say minutes something? ago. <laughs> that was your Aunt Brandy and Uncle yes. Chris moment. <laughs> how, how about the Morse code scene?
0: Oh, I loved that. <laughs> I knew that immediately they were doing Morse code, of course. Right. But, yeah. And I love that it was Bryce and Reese doing it, or Rice and Breeze, as uh, Liam calls yep. him accidentally.
2: I was just telling him to keep tapping. <laughs>
0: yeah, which is yep. so funny. It,
2: yeah, because it creates a distraction.
0: That was just that is evidence of how well this crew knows each other and works together now.
2: Yeah, that was some Enterprise D mm-hmm. teamwork right there. Like that I so many episodes where where the TNG crew they relied on their relationships with each other to take back what was theirs, you know?
0: Yep. And how about Owo taking some people down? <laughs> Damn. Yeah, it's a
1: little um touch of the Mirror Universe version of mm-hmm. her because mm-hmm. you don't normally... I mean, she's working shields. That's often what we see her do. But yeah, she would be trained for close combat.
0: Yeah. She's... Well, she's basically operations is what OO is. Yeah. So yeah, she would have to be trained in all of those things. I think everybody's trained in basic, you know, self-defense and mm-hmm. whatnot. So...
1: Well, it's it's like joining the navy there's going to be some physical training there's going to be some combat training because there might be times that you go to war mm-hmm. and if you're going to get your ship boarded you're going to have to know how to fight back yep so a little self-defense training just makes sense
3: in the navy
0: <laughs> <laughs> the cat's trying to look stick his head in the blinds again
2: <laughs> grudge got a little love in this episode mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, we didn't get to see her in person.
2: I like yeah. that she, that the like baby cam pops mm-hmm. up, the
0: nanny cam. <laughs> yeah, yep. she's you know she was very secure, so
2: <laughs> she was good. She was fine.
0: Yeah, well, let's talk about Book and Michael for a minute. Hurrying back through the transwarp conduit to get to Discovery, not too long after Discovery arrived, so. Yeah, which just goes again to prove how quickly Transwarp conduits can get you from Federation Headquarters to the Veruban Nebula. So, (laughs) not that they were Mm -hmm. coming from Federation Headquarters. Anyway, I love that Book had to stay with the ship. He's got this one thing that can obscure your life signs. And he gives it to Michael because she knows the ship way better than he does. And honestly... A starship can be a very confusing place if you haven't been on it very long because every deck looks the same. <laughs> and
2: Zara knew his Zara knew the schematics. Holy crap. Oh,
0: I'm sure he studied them. Yeah. But uh, he's like, okay, look, they're gonna be looking for a pilot of this ship. They can't read our life signs right now because of the fire suppression control. So you take this, you go save the day. Because, I I'm not going to be able to do it with you. And that was pretty brave. And and she's like, is this the is this the, the bad time to, to tell you I love you for the first time?
2: <laughs> was like, that was really sweet. Oh, <laughs> she talks in her sleep.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: very Indiana Jones <laughs> thing, right? Yeah, <laughs> Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade.
1: <laughs> I prefer how Austrians say goodbye. Yes.
0: And this is how we say goodbye in Germany.
2: <laughs> Slap.
0: No, punched him. Punched him in the yeah, face. Punch. Knocked his head into his dad's uh, head.
2: <laughs> what is that?
0: Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Have you Jones. never seen oh, that?
2: You know, I've never watched it. It's so great. I've never watched all the Indiana Jones movies. But I really loved the ride in Disneyland.
0: The movies are and great. I, I loved it. The just There's only mm. three movies. There's only three. Well, that's
2: not Technically, true. Technically, you could
1: only do two. You just need to do one and three
2: I I would watch two all of some them if I'm gonna problems. invest.
1: I'm gonna see them all.
0: Yeah, well, yeah. two has some um, some some racist problems,
1: and some, uh, misogynistic, some
0: misogynistic problems. Problems and uh, yeah, and
2: I mean, it came out in the '80s, so hello. Yeah, but yeah. it
0: was also because George Lucas and Steven Spielberg were both going through divorces at the time, so their portrayal of uh, the the main lady was not flattering.
1: Uh, it's also a prequel, so it takes place before Raiders of the Lost Ark. So you don't need it for story. No,
0: you don't need it for story.
2: Did you see the one with the sun, the new
0: one? Um, that the movie no, does not um, exist. Crystal
2: Cole. Okay, yeah, that you can entirely. We're doing. skip yeah. we're doing that. I
1: have this theory regarding They're making another one: regarding no, the Indiana Jones movies and how they relate to religion. Because the first one is Judaism. Yeah. They're looking right. for the chalice. You know, Lost Ark of the Co- Covenant.
3: Yeah.
2: So that's what, I, when, I, when it came out, when I was a kid, when when it opened and the guy's face melted, the guy melted, mm-hmm. like it was so gross. I saw that when I was a kid and it scared me and I didn't like it. So that's why I never watched them.
1: Oh yeah, they're gross. It's still
0: scary, uh, even now.
1: <laughs> Temple of Doom. Hinduism. Deals with Hinduism. Mm-hmm. Uh, Last Crusade, of course, Christianity. is Christianity. Christianity. And the fourth is Scientology. Yep,
0: totally Scientology. Because
1: there's alien ghosts in a mountain.
2: But I thought there was no fourth.
0: There isn't.
1: No. But if there were, if there it were, would be about it Scientology. Would be that, yeah.
0: just, uh, just don't. Okay. It it, it really it not good. It's a waste of time. It's just not but
2: good. But Harrison's in it, right?
0: He is, but it's not yeah. good. I mean, there are a lot of great no. people in it, but it's not good. <laughs> it's just okay. not good. But yeah, um, what were we talking about? Discovery. We
1: were yeah. talking about
0: uh, yeah. Michael. Michael being a badass, doing her diehard thing, being John McClane.
1: Go save the day. Going
0: to save the day, thinking fast. She's kind of
1: the cross between John McClane and Sigour- like Ripley, Ripley, you know, yeah. from Aliens. Yeah, she's kind of a cross between the two. That's
2: interesting.
0: Yeah, that that works because she's she's having to do everything on the sly. And yep. she does pretty well at evading until the end.
2: And yeah. I believe she was also preggers while this was being filmed.
0: I believe you are wow. correct at because of the time at which she had her baby. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I want to talk about, because I don't know if people really understand how good this was. But when she gets stabbed in the leg, that entire scene when she takes down the regulator and he stabs her in the leg, her reactions are so fucking real you absolutely believe yeah. everything that she was emotes, and just i mean just the sound that she makes and the look on her face and the clenching of her jaw like she's just like what she's stunned for a second and yet she knows she has to take this guy out and so she basically just pulls on her leg that's around his neck until he's unconscious you know from having his hair yeah. cut off and then when she pull, the sound she makes when she pulls it out and when when she's trying to get to her feet and just all of that without words she is communicating so much because that is Sonequa. she blows my mind
2: yeah it was it was tough to watch
1: and
0: yeah
2: yeah
1: you see her face kind of swells even mm-hmm. like like blood is rushing to her head mm-hmm.
0: I mean, and that's how does she but, do
1: no, it's that. very physical acting.
0: How does she do that? She made it yeah. so real that I felt her pain, yeah. especially the leg that she got stabbed in, which was the opposite leg than the one she got shrapnel in. In. Uh, oh, yeah. The um, oh, What the hell? Brother. Well, thank you. It's like I can see the word, but I can't read it. <laughs> My brain is broken. <laughs> So I I actually have a really bad arthritic femur in my left leg. And sometimes that pain is very stabbing. So when she got stabbed in the leg, my leg went, oh, oh, no, no, thank you. No, thank you. So Sonequa, again, just making me believe absolutely everything she does.
2: She's just out of this world. She's
0: glorious. She (sighs) should have all the Emmys. Mm-hmm. But they'll never nominate a sci-fi show like Star Trek for any Emmys other than makeup or effects or music. Or...
3: Right.
1: <sighs> Is it odd that we don't go back to the nebula to find out what's happening there? No. Do you think that would change the pacing? It would, it would be very because, jarring, I think. Yeah, we're watching basically an action film mm-hmm. that any cut to another scene would be yeah, Jari.
0: Well, we have the stuff that's going on the ship, and then we have the stuff that's going on with Osira and Vance. Right. And adding yes. a third element to that would have been too much.
2: There's a lot going on. We yeah. Am, yeah. Uh
0: oh, one more thing about Vance that I forgot to mention earlier. I love the part where the food has been brought in, and Osira is eating a slice of apple and uh oh
2: my god he says
0: oh yeah it's made from our shit you know and she just uh, <laughs> takes it out of-
2: <laughs> i mean that was hilarious
0: that was so funny oh my but god that was
2: also i was like oh he's putting his thumb on her with mm-hmm. the, with those statements like he's gonna play along with her but he's in control
0: yep Yep. there was at there was not a single moment during that thing where vance was not completely in control of that situation totally i loved that loved it and
2: i like that he just threw her little bones these are some good uh you know
0: these are generous concessions uh, and these are generous
2: concessions he's
0: saying all the right things at the exact right time and then Mm -hmm. drops the bomb on her
2: yeah you need to get tried Mm -hmm. for your crimes
1: and they reference the president of the Federation of Planets, but is there one? Yeah, do not know that so. for certain?
0: Mm, I don't know. Maybe there is. Maybe there isn't. Because if
1: if Osira mentions it, it must exist. Because she would know. She has a network of spies.
0: Yeah. Well, there in you know history, there's always been a Federation president, and we've seen yeah. that in the original series movies. It's been a couple of different people in and the original in, series um, movies
2: in the kelvin
0: in the kelvin timeline yeah so yeah. it's not like it's an unheard of thing but we've never seen this person but then
2: yeah you know what if it's Kovic <laughs> 19
1: that would be interesting I that the president so. took i don't such think, a, it's a I think section hands on. On.
0: my question is why does it have to be a man
1: doesn't oh, i was no, it doesn't. i was even thinking it doesn't have to be a human
0: yeah well he does i think he refers to the federation president as a he i think vance does yeah so mm-hmm. what's, what's i don't remember having a female federation president we've never yeah. had a canon female federation president that i'm aware of
3: hmm.
2: wasn't this was in in one of the oh nine was it oh nine no oh uh, i don't know i thought i think we've had
0: a female Federation I'm not President. talking about Kelvin. I'm talking oh, okay. about the prime universe. Because
2: <laughs> it was what's her name from, uh, I think, The Expanse.
0: Oh, you've got to narrow it down.
2: Uh, the... Oh, the one with the voice.
1: Uh, <laughs>
0: that one? Uh, the, the one, one the who plays Avasarala?
2: I think so. I can't pronounce yeah. her name. <laughs> Hey, shut up. No, I love her voice. Her voice. I, don't I, don't know. I do, she's too. Beautiful, oh, she's beautiful. If we're talking about the same person. She's
0: a glorious woman. Absolutely glorious. Yeah. I adore her. I adore her. She can show up anywhere and I will watch her. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I love how much she swears on the expanse. She's got such a body Mm -hmm. mouth. So great. Love
1: it. It's because she's a straight shooter. Mm
2: -hmm. She's a diplomat in the expanse, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's who I'm thinking of. Yeah. She
1: was going for president. They were having a campaign and uh, she lost.
0: Well, no, that was to retain her position.
1: Oh, this
0: this woman, right. uh, basically, I think it was the U.N. president. Yeah. And that's the title that she held. And then Gao came in and ran against her and she yeah. lost. And now Gao's probably dead. Oh, well, sorry, spoilers.
2: I'm like, I, I think I got to see where I am in The Expanse. I feel like I'm in season two somewhere. I don't know if I finished one even. So it's it's one of those things that I'll sit down and binge eventually. Yeah, I, I like it a lot.
0: I do, too. And I have read the first book. I'm going to read the rest of them. But I am really intrigued by how well they adapted these books for television. Like, Mm. really, really well. It's unheard of, honestly, to be able to adapt a book to be that accurate. Just saying anyway um back to and but story. you
2: don't feel that way about American gods right uh, Which no I, I didn't just say
0: that I didn't say that um no, I didn't say it was a bad adaptation nope. I'm just saying that after reading the book and watching most of season one I realized that I didn't want to ro- watch a bunch of awful people uh fighting amongst themselves so yeah because I, I see that it. every I'm day it. I'm glad you're enjoying mm-hmm. it a lot of people do I really am it just is not fun for me. It's not fun for me at all.
2: There's just like I like I told you there are these little David Lynchian interjections that feel like like influenced by him, you know, sometimes. Yeah, and, and, I love and that's
0: fine, but that's not enough to keep me watching a bunch of awful people doing a bunch of awful things to each other. <laughs>
2: that's That's fair.
0: Uh, I'm just I'm I'm tired. I'm tired. I only have an, a certain amount of emotion and time <laughs> An investment that I can give, and I'm not going to give it to something that makes me feel ugh after I've watched it. I'm just not.
1: Well, it's from the same creators as Hannibal, so it makes sense that the, of the violence. And also, Hannibal was acclaimed for its visual style. Mm-hmm. And I, haven't I think seen American that. Gods has both those things it going does. for it. It
0: does have those things going for it. I'm not saying that it's a terrible show, I'm just saying it is no. not for me.
1: Right, and I have my own issues with uh, Gaiman's writing, anyway. So, yeah. yeah.
0: Well, we've talked about that. Yeah.
1: Is it Gaiman? Gaiman. 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 Okay.
0: So nothing, nothing against Neil Gaiman. We are not trashing Neil Gaiman, you guys. It's just no. a matter of opinion. It's personal taste. Yep.
2: I mean, I didn't know who he was until I looked into what American Gods was. So it's new to me, and I know that I'm, yeah, I'm in the He's... minority
1: probably most famous for his Sandman comic. Okay. And in fact he got some kind of literary award and then they took it away later because they decided that comic books weren't literature and then I think there was an outcry and they gave it back again.
0: Comic books aren't literature? Are you fucking yeah. kidding okay.
1: me? Basically he did uh was it Midsummer's Night Dream? Is that
0: right? Midsummer Night's Dream.
2: A Midsummer yeah. Night's Dream.
1: Yeah, and he did that in comic book form using the hmm. Sandman characters, which are all, as you would imagine, gods hmm. because that seems to be kind of it's his, his thing. thing. Yeah, and so yeah, uh, Sandman is basically Morpheus, the god of sleep. Mm. I think his sister is Death.
0: Mm-hmm. That is correct.
1: And they also deal with Lucifer, who's given up. Because he knows that he's destined to lose, so what's the point?
0: <laughs> Chris, did you ever watch Good <laughs> Omens on crime? I didn't. It's so good, <laughs> but, but yeah, that's, and that's kind of gods and devils too. Yeah, that's mm, Neil Gaiman yeah. and Terry Pratchett actually.
1: Yeah, working together. Yeah. yeah,
0: but yeah, Neil Gaiman has a shit ton of awards.
2: I'll mm-hmm. add. I'll add that
0: he did a Doctor Who episode, which I hated.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Doctor's
1: wife.
0: Hated it. I, I'm i sorry, guys. It's it's all just opinion. Just because I didn't yep. like it doesn't mean that it wasn't good for other people. It just wasn't good for oh, me. Oh, I know.
1: I'm in the minority.
0: Yeah. So I I just don't want anyone to think that my opinion is fact because it's not. It's just how I, I that, feel.
3: I think we're. Aware I have that issues with Michael
1: Crichton too. So you know, yep. I, There's just certain authors I have uh, problems with.
0: Michael Crichton was very hit and miss. There would be things yeah. like the Andromeda series, or the Andromeda Syndrome, excuse me. Strain. Mm-hmm. So thank you. The strain? Andromeda Strain. Mm-hmm. I'm having trouble recalling I didn't read that. Books. I
2: did read Sphere.
0: I, I hated Sphere. I hated I Sphere. I liked the book. I hated Congo.
2: <laughs> well, for a
1: writer who writes a lot about science, he seems to be very anti-science, and you get a lot of that yeah. with Jurassic
2: Park. Mm-hmm. He's just sciencey enough to make a big movie about it.
1: <laughs> yeah, to, ma-
2: to make a point
1: about how dangerous science can be.
0: Well, and this is why mm. I prefer Jonathan Mayberry, because mm. he he's he's the kind of author that will go to people and say, what is the absolute cutting edge of what's going on in your field? And then he will take that information and evolve it to its possible natural conclusion and write a book mm. about it. That's cool. It's really cool. All of his books are so interesting. He is a great writer, really great writer. Look him up, Jonathan Mayberry, M A B E R R Y, not M A Y, M A B E R R Y. He writes a lot of great stuff and a variety of yep. things.
1: Mayberry, yeah, I will. And, uh, graphic novels.
0: Yeah, he's written. And he's written some comics yeah. and graphic novels. Uh, he's written the he has a character that he's written a series about called the the Joe Ledger series. And the first book that I read I thought, oh great. Another one of those alpha male things, you know, myth things. And then it turned out that's not what this guy was at all. And I'm like, I should have had more faith. And so now I'm just devouring the books as fast as I can. Which isn't well, very uh, fast because there's so many things going on.
2: Maybe I will look him up.
1: <laughs> oh, no. Back to the puns, are we? If you want puns, look up Terry Pratchett. Yes. He's quite famous for them. <laughs> well, lots of wordplay. I, didn't he do the Discworld yes, series? Yes, Terry Pratchett Disc is Discworld Disc series.
0: And yeah, and that's full of puns. It, it's delightful. His writing is yeah. delightful. So delightful. Yep. And fantastical. And in a fantasy sort of way, is what I mean. Yeah. Um, hmm. What the fuck were we talking about? Well, <laughs> we'll I talk will about say
2: Discovery. we didn't talk about.
0: Yes. Zora yes. and the dots. Mm-hmm. Okay, seven. Yes. twenty-three. Uh, something. 23s? Whatever. Tw- Doesn't matter.
2: Twenty-something. The
0: dots. They're just. They're just the dots. Um, so when they're talking about, eyes. yeah, when they're talking about how they've converted all of Dis- almost all of Discovery systems to theirs, and. Osara's like, well, what hasn't been converted? And she's like, oh, it's just this little piece of data, and they show it, and it's the movie, and I'm like, oh, Zora on the case, Zora on the case. Where did she go? Where did she go? And yeah, she's on it. I thought maybe, oh yeah, they have dots, but I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't really thinking about that at that point. I'm just like, Zora is going to come to their aid. It doesn't happen till the end of the damn episode, but when the dots show up, I'm like, it's Zora, it's Zora, you guys, it's Zora.
2: So Zora is the Deus Ex Machina yep. for for us right now, mm-hmm. which I I think oh, is yeah. really cool because it's a very non traditional version of that. Yes, you know, yeah. The when, ship
1: itself will save
2: your ass mm-hmm. when the um when the dots started coming. At first, I thought it was a railio that was going to come around the corner.
0: Oh, I thought it was the dots immediately, just oh, wow. because I saw an arm, a part of an arm. You know what was the.
2: What what was the point of the particular clip that the one dot showed Tilly? That was the, the movie that down. was at movie night. Oh, okay.
0: Which they all knew was Zora's suggestion.
2: So that was the way their way of saying, "Hey, it's, hey, it's us. Th- it's, this me. Data. it's me. It's
0: In three dots.
2: Yeah. So really, Zora's learning how to communicate. Mm-hmm. How to, to figure prove, out how to communicate.
0: How to prove this is who I am. Because right. what else is going to know that that is Z- Z- Zora? You know, how else are I they going to I mean, would know? you
2: just come up and say, I'm the sphere data embodied?
0: <laughs> that, that doesn't mean that you're going to believe it. <laughs> so showing <laughs> yeah. that little clip of film is like, oh, oh, this is the sphere data.
1: Mm. Mm. And also that's their name for it. I mean, would you refer to yourself as something that, Okay. Somebody else named mm-hmm. you, but sure. she knows
0: that they refer to her as that's the true. Data.
1: But still, if people named me Clark and then called me Clark. I don't know if I'd respond to it.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. I think she gives herself a name later. Yeah, yeah. As we see in uh, Calypso, but you know, she's she's still growing and figuring herself out, like everybody imagine... has the right to do.
1: The sphere data has been distributed across more than just the three dots to all the dots because that's a lot of data. And I don't know if those little robots can store that much information.
0: Well it's well, spread it out. It, yeah, if it there are a lot of dots, I think.
1: Well, if you think of what our phone can store, mm-hmm. but you know, millions of years of information. Well, a hundred years. But if it's all ones and years. zeros, does it really matter? Our phones? No, I'm talking about the Sphere Data, how much information that is across oh. many planets, many systems.
0: Yeah, but they had enough room for it on Discovery's computers. Yes. So,
2: Virtual memory. Remember that?
0: Yeah. So
2: The cloud. It's the cloud. It's the cloud. <laughs> it's it's the cloud.
0: Discovery's cloud system. It's and cl- so it just <laughs> uploaded to the cloud and then downloaded it itself into the dots because it needed to be mobile. And it needed to hide. Not that right. it could have been destroyed.
2: They have a, what is it, a VPN?
0: Yeah, they've got a VPN. <laughs> a and proxy network. They are uh, pretending that they're not there, that that signal yeah, is coming the from another ship.
2: <laughs> they pay yearly, so they get a discount. Yeah. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> That's how they can fit into all those dots, you know, that yeah. trick it into thinking, oh, it's really not that much data, you know.
1: And they can watch American films in China.
0: Yeah, there you go. I I actually really loved that final little scene, where that
2: was like a big sigh of relief. I was like, oh yeah. I was waiting okay. for it. I was waiting okay. for
0: it, and I would kind of forgotten about it because in the I know, beginning, right? when it, they show that little bit of film, I'm like, oh, Zora's on the case. And then there's so much else going on that I just forget about it until the very end. And the minute that I they hear something coming, I'm like, it's it's Zora. Zora what form is she taking and then I see the arm and I'm like it's a dot oh no it's three dots okay and I love that uh, she says shall we take back the ship
2: (laughs) yes I'm excited I'm really excited I only have seen this episode once so far but I want to watch it immediately again
0: yeah it was just
2: thick and juicy
0: it was thick and juicy and also I really want to give props to Anthony Rapp For his performance in this episode. I mean, he's always fantastic. I always love him. But he was really just bringing it in this episode. Both in this calm discussion he's having with Aurelio. And then his complete frantic rantings as uh, Michael's getting ready to eject him from the ship. And I felt everything i felt everything what
2: he said it was painful the daggers he was throwing it was painful and it was completely he was right Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and with his discussion with aurelio he did a really clever thing which is to humanize yourself and humanize Mm -hmm. the other captors on the ship Mm -hmm. is to find that bit of empathy in your uh in in your opponent in your um Captor, I guess.
3: Yeah. And well, also Aurelio's that he guy. talked
1: about, yeah. you know, sympathizing with them and finding commonalities like being a father. And so he's even addressed that he's a space dad. He's a space
0: dad. Mm-hmm. It's confirmed.
2: It's confirmed. Adir is their adopted child. Yep. Yep. Beautiful.
0: <sighs> space dads. Yeah. I, I loved that scene with Aurelio. And. Yeah even though it was really hard i really appreciated that scene with michael because i could feel both of their pain
2: i think yeah. that this was my favorite stamets scene mm. of all of discovery so far
0: and he's had a lot of good ones
2: because he's i mean there are times and i've made not been shy about saying there are times when he's just a dick and what he was doing in that scene i was i was with him 100% I mm-hmm. felt him.
0: Well, I think the thing about Stamets is that he's actually an introvert because he doesn't really know how to interact with people. Hmm. I mean, the people that he cares about, he, he finds ways to interact with them. But when we first meet Stamets, he is completely antisocial.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, he's angry, too, because his research vessel has been taken over for military purposes.
0: Yeah, well, I think it's more than that. I, yeah. But I think that he's always been that kind of person that just yeah. has those few friends and yeah. <laughs> he doesn't like the rest of the universe at large.
2: And generally, perhaps quite often, one of the smartest people in the room,
0: mm-hmm. which is, you know, which is isolating. Thing. Yeah. So, what some people see as arrogance, I see as being an introvert because Mm. there have been many times that I've been called stuck up because I'm not a joiner. You know, it's not about being stuck up, it's just about, you know, people drain me. They suck the life out of me. I've been told that too. I'm like, what? So, anyone who says that you're stuck up, they just don't understand that there's a thing called introversion.
2: Yeah. And also, it's completely relevant and 100% okay to just be mm-hmm. like, I don't want to be around you. I don't want to be around people. I'm not saying that to somebody, but like, yeah. it's okay to just not want to be around somebody or people. Yes. Yes. You know, that yes. doesn't mean you're a dick.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it just means you
2: don't want to be around somebody.
0: <laughs> Learn about the differences between people. Okay? Right. Not everybody likes to be around everybody. In fact, a yeah. great deal of us just want their private time which is not to say that we don't ever want to interact with people we just don't want to most of the time <laughs> which makes it very interesting to go to cons um someday yep. we'll have cons again yeah
1: extroverts get their energy from being around other people while with introverts it's the opposite mm-hmm. and so introverts get their energy through being alone
2: well and we don't want while, people taking yeah. our energy Mm-mm. no no
1: luckily through studying tai chi and qigong and just Taoist meditation practices i've learned to protect my energy so i'm usually pretty good unless like i'm tired and i can't keep my guard up yeah i've also learned to siphon others if i need to so in a crowd i can pick up (laughs) a little bit if i'm feeling kind of low (laughs) that
2: was creepy (laughs) Yeah. yeah it was dark
0: Dave's been sucking huh? my energy for years. I'm kidding. He doesn't oh. do that. He does not do that. Mm. <laughs> He's my honey bear. He would There's never... this introvert
2: teacher that I follow on Instagram. I love her. And she she made this TikTok video. It's hard to explain in a podcast, but it was like that. I can't remember the name of the song, but it has like all these different musical hits. And so basically what the text on her video said, introverts aren't antisocial. They just don't want to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, yeah, pretty much. Yeah.
0: And and introverts also don't want to be hugged all the time.
2: No. Oh my God. But you know what? I used to be on the other side of that and now I'm like, oh my I used to be so overbearing, you know, with my energy. I think I was also hiding, like I was not really aware of the fact that I really am more of an introvert.
0: Yeah. Well I will I like hugging certain people. But I don't want to hug yes. everybody. I don't want no. to hug total strangers unless they're total strangers like, you know, celebrities that <laughs> I'm meeting that are very kind to me and whatnot. So.
2: Right now, I don't really want to hug anyone. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I uh,
0: I want to hug Dave and that's pretty much it. Um, yeah. Yep. That's it. Because I know D- Dave is safe. <laughs> so. <laughs>
2: Except when he's siphoning your energy. Yeah. Be careful, Brandy. Look so, out for him.
1: Also, I'm considered an essential worker, so I have to go out and do the soup every once yeah, in a while. Yeah.
0: Well, same here. I'm considered yeah, an essential yeah. worker as well, so uh, there's no working from home for this chick.
2: Well, the yeah, art apparently is not essential, so I'm not considered an there. essential worker. So. Isn't that horrible? <sighs> yes.
0: <laughs> it's terrible. It's.
1: The whole theater right now would be weird.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. I understand that. Yeah. And just hoping that things get better instead of worse now. Yeah. Anyway, anyone else have anything else they would like to bring up about this episode?
2: I do have some other things that I want to talk about that are not okay. necessarily related to this episode. Is it, Would this be the time?
0: This will be the time. Go for it.
2: Well, okay. So right now it's only 10.30 p.m. Eastern. And I was like, could we possibly go to New Year's? But we're not going to talk for another hour and a half. But, <laughs> I mean, we could. <laughs>
0: I'd have to go pee t- at least once. <laughs> yeah. I'd yeah,
1: cuz our New Year's happens after yours, mm-hmm. so. right?
2: Yeah.
3: We're, um yeah.
2: so today in my new apartment I got my internet hooked up and I have you know I've got tons of framed Star Trek stuff. Most of it's all put up except the Star Trek Discovery it's like one of those uh material posters mm-hmm. that Came out before the show came out, and it's beautiful. There's like a turquoise in it, and I had it framed, and it was hanging in my bathroom at my old apartment because it's like the turquoises and it matched all my decor. It was gorgeous. But it was just sitting up in my bedroom in the new apartment, which is where they're where they put the router in. So this guy named Bob, he's a Jersey guy, born and raised in Jersey, this big guy, Jersey guy, you know, whatever you think of. Uh, you know, he's like, yeah, Jersey guy. And uh He goes, Oh, you like Star Trek Discovery? And I was like, Uh, yeah. (laughs) So I I said, Oh yeah, I I love Discovery. I love I love all of I'm a huge trekker. Like I love all of Star Trek and he's like, I love Star Trek Discovery and I was like, What? He's like, Yeah, Tilly's my Tilly's my (gasps) girl. I love Tilly, like this old, just big Jersey guy. He's in love with Tilly, loves her. I mean, this is a cis straight white guy married with two kids. Yeah. Like, he's like, I love Tilly. She's so freaking amazing. I love when she like shot her down. But like, he's just going on and on. So we, like he was working on installing my internet and I was putting together this little kitchen island cart that I got. And we were just talking about the Star Trek for like two hours. Like it was mm-hmm. so great. All series. Obviously for him, Tilly was a big focus. So we talked about her a lot. And then we just talked about everything I showed him, pictures of stuff. It was so cool. And I was like, okay, if I'm moving into an apartment and the internet install guy, Bob, is like a huge Star Trek fan and we can talk about Star Trek for a couple hours, then I'm I'm in the right place at the right time. I'm doing the right mm-hmm.
0: thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs>
2: And then when I took my car back to my old apartment to load it up with more stuff, some guy pulled up and said, oh, I love your license plate holder. And he gave me the Vulcan salute because it's a Live Long and Prosper (laughs) license plate on my car on the back. And he gave me a Vulcan salute. And I was like, oh,
3: my God.
2: He's like, yeah, I just moved into this street. And I'm like, oh, I'm just leaving this street. It was so cool. I'm like two times in one day, random trekker encounter. It made me so happy, and it made me so happy that he was, like, who he identifies as and, like, loves Discovery and loves Tilly and what she's doing, you know? That made me so happy, and he was like, oh, they should just make her captain. She should just be captain, because what's what's going on with Saru, she should be the captain, and I was like, of Discovery? And he was like, yeah, hell yeah, she could do it.
0: (laughs) I firmly believe that she could.
2: Oh, yeah. So... Yeah. Anyway, that was my that was my story that I've been waiting to share all day.
0: Oh, I love that so much. Yeah. It's great. I had no idea what kind of story that would be cuz you just said, "Remind me to talk about the guy who installed my internet today." <laughs> okay. <laughs> so.
2: Yeah. That's Bob. I love it. Yeah. Cheers um, to you, so, Bob. Live long and yes, prosper. Yes. Love you, Bob and random new old neighbor. Um, mm. you had a story that you told me to remind you to tell, something about oh, yeah. the USS Nomad.
0: Yeah, I haven't really talked about this on this podcast. So there is an international fan group that is called Starfleet. And this is not, you know, just your typical fan group. Like, they you have to have like a membership it's like five bucks a year who cares but (laughs) you can go to starfleet academy and take courses you can be assigned to a ship and you know all sorts of things they're just making the it, it as real as they possibly can while still just being you know it's basically advanced cosplay where you really immerse yourself in the world by going and taking classes online and i guess it was a couple of months ago maybe a little longer time is not a constant that i was contacted on facebook by a guy who said uh he he told me his name and he was in canada and he said your name came up in a list on facebook of people i might know and he says i don't know you but let me tell you a little bit about this thing I'm doing. And turns out he was the captain of a ship that at the time was not yet commissioned, which was the nomad. And he said, you know, we do a lot of different things. We do, we have members mostly in Canada, but also some in the U S we're trying to expand and get enough members so that we can become commissioned. Would you be interested in joining us? And I said, well, that sounds intriguing. What would be required of me?
3: <laughs> I like and, that.
0: And he says, well, basically, you can do as much or as little as you want. And so we we started having regular conversations. I checked out the website. And I'm like, this looks like fun. This really just looks like fun. And so I said, sure, what the hell? Because I didn't have, like, a lot of formal uh education post high school and stuff like that i started out as petty officer second class but now i am an ensign i did take my officer test and passed with flying colors by the way of course (laughs) of course and uh now (laughs) i've got to work my way up to lieutenant jg but you get to choose what department you're in i'll give you three guesses as to which department i chose first two don't count
2: communications no um
0: who's my favorite character command nope science
2: oh science often. okay science.
0: <laughs> Duh. science and the funny thing is is that once he found out about all the podcasts that i do he's like oh you would have been a really great fit for communications and i'm like yeah i don't <laughs> want to be in communications i, <laughs> I would I do w-
2: communications probably
0: yeah it's it's yeah. just I, I don't want something that necessarily reflects what I already do in real life. I want to do that something that I've always had an interest in but haven't really had the chance to do much in with you know and that's why I chose science. So now I am my specialty is planetary geology so that's exciting because I also really love geology. space rocks space rocks and space planets Planet rocks. and stuff like that. And when I told you about the uh, trivia contest that I was in, that was actually amongst all the crew of the USS Nomad. We went up against each other doing trivia from And you said it was like
2: six weeks long or something?
0: Yeah, there were were different uh, games. I mean, not not everybody can go to every session, but there were Mm. across six weeks, there were several different trivia nights. And uh, out of all of them, I did come in third place, which I was pretty proud of myself because I usually suck at trivia, and the fact that I could place it all on the podium was very exciting to me.
2: <laughs> yeah, but you know TOS like I do, well. but
0: I mean these. There are some questions in this that none of us were just like, Phew. do you know that one? I don't know that one. Nobody. There were questions that none of us could answer. That's you know, that's this. Um, it was an actual trivia, TOS trivia game with cards and a board and everything, but we are just using the cards.
2: How so. many crew members are there on the Nomad?
0: Well, I have lost count. I believe that we're almost to 30. Whereas when we started okay. out, I think that there were like 11 of us. And over the course of the last couple of months, we have welcomed so many new members. It's been astonishing and our captain is just like if you had told me at the beginning of this year that by the end of the year we'd be commissioned and have like 30 crew members i would not have believed you (laughs) i just think it's adorable it's really adorable and we have fun little competitions like who can get the most courses completed this month or you know what have you just different little contests every month not competitive like people are you know cutthroat about it but just that's cool it's just a lot of fun people and i've you know we've had zoom meetings for these trivia games so i've seen my a lot of my crewmates and it's just really cool and they're really good people and it makes me happy that's awesome yeah plus now i i have a uniform
2: i had you do mm-hmm. like a physical <laughs> uniform mm-hmm what yeah oh i by the way i showed bob your tilly cosplay from halloween oh he was like wow she she has the hair for it and i was like well it's a wig but yeah she'll appreciate that
0: (laughs) honestly if i still have my red hair i could have almost done the tilly hair yeah if it was if my hair i was still long enough and still red but um yeah well here's the thing because i was talking about it with my captain his name is rob and uh rob said i think that i have a uniform that might work for you because i was lamenting the fact that they did not make them big enough for women and he's like maybe you should try a male uniform oh and he said i have one that actually does not fit me and i could send it to you and uh i said i don't know that it would fit me because you know Yes, I can try. I have worn other men's tops and stuff like that, but there are the boobs and the hips to consider. It the might boobs. not go over everything. And he said, "Well, I'll just send it to you anyway." And so, basically, he charged me twenty five dollars for it, which is nothing. For shipping. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, there was shipping as well, but twenty five dollars for the uniform itself, which what was as it? it was the jacket and the undershirt. the The downside was is that it is a Command uniform. And so Uh, I had to find my own blue mock turtleneck, which I did on Amazon. I found my pips. But the thing is, is that the sleeves have a red stripe on the cuffs. And so I'm going to have to get a tailor to rip that out. And I have fabric that matches my shirt that I can have them sew onto that instead. And And it fits? And it fits. Oh my God. And it fits.
2: When did you get it?
0: Oh gosh. It was probably about a month ago, but I've been putting the rest of the pieces together over this period of time.
2: Brandy, I don't know any of this about you. It's like,
0: <laughs> I, it's wasn't, like a big... I wasn't sure it was all going to work out, and that's why I didn't really talk about it. Because it was so cool. So, and I even got because it's it's actually a first contact era uniform.
2: Oh, I which, love those.
0: Which at that point they were wearing these badges, so mm-hmm. of course I had to get one of these. Which is and, the
2: the ones that appeared in Voyager? Yep, exactly. Listeners.
0: So, because the uniform actually does have a small one, but I wanted one that was more the actual size, mm. and that's actual better quality. Because, but anyway, it's a uh, so.
2: Yeah. So do crew members have various uniforms, like from all over the place, like oh, yeah. different whatever? Oh, yeah. that's awesome.
0: Yeah. No one has to oh, have a specific great. kind of uniform. So, so
2: I could scant it up.
0: You could absolutely scant <laughs> could it up. I could disco scant it. Mm-hmm.
2: I did show Bob a picture of me and the disco scant. He, <laughs> he, he liked it.
0: <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, we even had a commissioning ceremony back in, uh, it was actually the Monday before Thanksgiving. And the, um, the commander in chief of Starfleet came to our Zoom meeting, which no one was expecting. Oh, wow. And because, you know, they they actually hold, everybody actually holds positions and there are people who are elected to the positions overall because there's like thousands of people who are part of uh. Starfleet, which to designate that we are the fan group, it's Starfleet all in caps, so. Uh, okay. To differentiate, but, uh, and nobody, uh, could get over my Spock. <laughs> which <laughs> was really... Spock
1: looming in I the I can't corner. get over your Spock. I know. I, I, love, I never will. I
0: love my Spock so much. My big Spock that's always in the background. And uh, <laughs> so we were...
1: Spock over my brandy.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> so There's Dave. You're still here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <Nope>. So,
0: yeah, <laughs> when we had the commissioning ceremony, um, everybody got the chance to, to introduce themselves, etc. And... Uh, That was also when they announced my promotion from Petty Officer 2 to Ensign. And uh, before the Starfleet president left, Commander-in-Chief left, he's like, "Uh, Brandy, I just have to remark on that Spock behind you. (laughs) And everybody was just like, oh, yeah, I was looking at that too.
2: You're probably, they probably all think that you're like the coolest one now.
0: I don't know that they think that.
2: I bet they do. I
0: don't know that they think that, but it's just a lot of fun and I just, it's just so interesting that Rob would reach out to me not knowing me whatsoever, not knowing really anything about me except that I was a, a Trekkie and that, you know, I'm with a bunch of really good people. Just really good people so now that i have an added an extra 20 minutes to this podcast that i'm going to edit
2: (laughs) i love it i love it i loved that the listeners were commenting about all of our stuff like i'm like okay so we're okay just doing what we do and the listeners are cool with that and you know joshua i hope that your rewatch of v the reboot is is going well i can't wait to rewatch i can't wait i can't wait to rewatch it
0: I need to watch it for the first time because I've never seen it.
2: Love, love. You remember the original?
0: Of course, I watched the original.
2: Okay. and the hamsters and the horrible effects and the yeah, you know the, the lizard skin.
0: babies. Yeah, uh huh. I yeah. remember all of it.
2: The I love the. I was so sad that it got canceled. Yeah. The cast, the cast is so good. Like, mm-hmm. and the the I loved the writing. Like, it honored the original in so many ways anyway i'll stop
0: all right folks well i think that about wraps it up now that we've rambled on about so many topics that i can't even remember them all and i'm gonna have a lot of fun (laughs) going back and go oh yeah we did talk about that
3: it's
0: fun it's actually really fun to edit because when i'm in the moment and we're actually doing this i don't remember a lot of what we've said until i'm editing it and going wow that was really good
2: yeah same (laughs)
0: So, the last order of business, as per usual, where can people find you? Let's start with you, Chris.
2: I am on Instagram and Twitter, at CD Littlefield, and then my other shows, Open Channel, at Open Channel Trek, and there are four questions, at Four Questions Trek, and that's the number, not the word.
0: And Darling Dave?
1: I am Dark Cornercast on Twitter. You can also find me as DJ Evil Dave on Facebook.
0: That's all you're going to talk about?
1: Oh, yes. I am the host with Brandy of the Dark Corner Podcast at darkcornerpodcast.com.
0: Yep. And then there's me. I do too many things. So um, Vedic Assembly and Boldly Go, which are Deep Space Nine and Strange New Worlds, respectively. Other podcasts I do on Sweet Media. And I do Headcanon, which... I was really due for another episode, and I was thinking about getting one done this week before my vacation is over. And you can also find that at darkcornerpodcast.com. And then live shows. Right now, we're doing live shows on Saturdays, one at 1 p.m. Mountain and one at 7 p.m. Mountain. Infinite Trek is the 1 p.m. show I'm with my friend Aaron Harvey. Oh, someone's shutting off fireworks.
1: Uh, is that what that was? Yep.
0: <sighs> Setting off fireworks. Great. Thanks, guys. Uh, And uh, we talk about all things Star Trek. Of course, we're finishing off our Discovery coverage while there are still new episodes. However, last episode, we did have Noah Averbach-Katz as our guest.
2: And I missed it, but I'll listen.
0: It was the best. It was the best. There were so many things that I did not know. Like, he also auditioned for Spock in season two. Oh,
1: wow. Uh
0: Uh-huh. You'll have to listen to the podcast to find out more because it will come out as a podcast. Hopefully by the time this is out, it will already have been released. And you can find that on the Trek Geeks Network under Infinite Trek or just look for Infinite Trek on your podcatcher. Then the Unready Room with my friend Dan Gunther, which is on YouTube. Uh, Oh, by the way, the Infinite Trek live show is on the Twitch channel, uh, Outpost 13, but that will be moving to YouTube in the near future. Uh, details forthcoming when i have them so yes also on youtube 7 p.m mountain time saturdays the unready room with dan and we are also talking about star trek discovery right now we have very different conversations it's a great time come join us live if you can if not you can still watch the video after it has aired and we have the best people that come in the chat and it's just such a joyous experience because dan is just one of the best people on the planet and, I'm due and, to
2: visit again. Yeah. I'm going to watch, watch.
0: Anyone who says otherwise is going to get a punch in the throat from me because Dan is amazing.
2: No one would dare say otherwise.
0: Yeah. so Show me the evidence. Exactly. <laughs> so you can find that on the YouTube channel, Kurt Ratz Productions. Kurt Ratz is just Star Trek spelled backwards. So that's it for me. Oh, guys. We've only got one episode left.
2: One left. Oh, wow. and I
0: totally forgot to touch on the fact that today, which is the day that the episode dropped, December 31st, that it was also the 800th installment of Star Trek. That's 54 right. 54 years, 10 series, and 13 movies. What a legacy, man. Like, what yeah. a legacy. All
2: right. Does that count the Short Trek episodes? Yes. Okay. Oh cool.
0: Wow. If you count The Cage, the unaired pilot, then it would actually have been last week. But they don't... They only count what aired. So Uh, they are... This is 800. Otherwise, it would have been... Last week would have been 800, but they're only counting stuff that aired. So...
2: Well, I'm going with 801.
0: That's fine with me. (laughs) You, You do whatever you want. It's just amazing. And I'm so happy that I've been here for all of it. So... Right? Yeah. So... Thanks guys for bearing with the stories and tangents. Uh we we love doing this show. I think that that's evident and I hope that that comes across to everybody who's listening. Yeah. We appreciate you guys and we will see you next week. Well, we'll talk to you next week <laughs> to see what the future holds. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. This show is brought to you by Sweet Media. Computer, list other available Sweet Media programs.
2: Loading Sweet Preview Program for The Janeway, a Star Trek Voyager podcast.
0: It's a right way, but I didn't understand why she did it, because that's never stopped her before.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Just like, comes in like put a put-in-a-china shot.
1: Hello, everyone! <laughs> Stop your war! I'm
0: here! <laughs> I have a problem. I need help. So forget your problems. <laughs> it's all about me. Thanks. My name's Captain Catherine G.
1: USS.
2: <laughs> USS Voyager, problem solver.
0: <laughs> and problem creator.
2: <laughs> Loading Hollow preview program for the Vedic Assembly. A Deep Space Nine podcast.
0: Okay, now I have a theory about this. Mm-hmm. Just, in,
2: this episode is called Investigations. Yes.
0: Yes. Just, just bear no, with me.
2: Indiscretions. Uh, Sorry, that was indiscretions. Evil. Yes. Yeah.
0: Here's why I think he didn't kill Zial. It had nothing to do with him actually loving her. I don't think he is capable mm. of love. It has everything to do with him wanting to get in Kira's pants.
2: Loading Holosuite Preview Program for The Expanse, a Star Trek Enterprise podcast.
1: We've talked previously about gratuitous. Yeah. You know, just showing off Jolien Bledock's bits and pieces, really, for no reason. That is one of them, isn't it? Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, I'm a male, so that stuff is, at least at this time, was mostly targeted at me. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to say that she has not got an incredible physique because she she does. Obviously, she does. But whenever I see those moments now, I just think, God, so unnecessary. And I feel bad for Jolene. You know, like, did she get a choice? Did she mind? If she didn't mind, then I guess who cares? But that was really revealing, that shot through the sheet. It just seemed unnecessary. You didn't need that.
0: Computer, deactivate Hollow Suite.